Hello, this is the podcast Who Am I with Stephen and William and today we are continuing the Heart of Ice um, adventure story that we started last week. If you would like to hear the introduction of the story and how it all sets up, then feel free to go and read the pre- read. Go and listen to the previous uh, podcast episode. Um, we're going to be continuing on from the pretty much from the inn, I think. Do you want to give a uh, summary of how it kind of sets up, or do you want me to? Yeah, let's see what I can remember. Uh, it's been one or two weeks by now. Yeah. In the beginning, we're in the Etruscan Inn. Everyone's drunk. Um, it's piled with people. Oh, first of all, we're in the future, right? Uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's a, a prologue before that that says how we got here. It's, it's the year 2300, roughly. Um, the world is uh, frozen over. So the map you see here is where the adventure will take place, and the Saharan Desert is just an ice waste. Uh, we start out in the Etruscan Inn, that's in our day Italy. Um, so it's really cold outside, everyone is piled in, sleeping in this pub. Uh, there are little... There's the AI. There's the AI Gaia. That's right. Gaia is this AI that is gone, I think, independent. Like doing its yeah. own thing, keeping like surveillance of this of the civilization, I would say, and uh, keeping things. Well, it's kind of an accident, right? It's trying to keep things the way they were 200 years ago, and so there are been... lots of tiny robots yeah. called Caretex, and they always want to repair things. What else do you remember? Um, there was a point during the night, isn't there, that. Um... The TV almost selects, like, shows you something yeah. um, important. Let's see if I can find it. The screen crackles again, becoming a rich man. Um, yeah, maybe I should read that part again, because that was quite an important part. Um, then, then we can keep. Then we can go. I guess. Is that good with you? Yes. We will also need to build a character. Oh yes, of course. Wow, the last given. That is an awesome point. We have to build our character. Are you happy doing it again on the screen? Yeah, yeah. I will use the bottom right corner of the screen for those watching to um, keep notes about the character. And if you're listening, then it's you're not missing much. It's just a, a keeping yeah. track for us and for those watching of skills, items, money, life points, and code words that we collect. So, so characters. Uh, characters, I guess. Okay. Um, last time I played, I was the trader, <laughs> since I'm also a cryptocurrency trader. <laughs> but let's let's try something different. You were the mutant. Oh, yeah. We should use uh, our knowledge about our mistakes from last time to yeah. maybe survive the, the desert this time. Yeah. Um, I, I called last episode, can we survive the frozen Sahara? And the answer was no. <laughs> so that's a spoiler in case you haven't listened to the last episode, but you would have gathered that uh, from, from us starting over. Hopefully we would have gone to the first episode. Okay. So. From what I remember, survival was extremely important, the skill survival. 
what else? Getting a fur coat. <laughs> I'm definitely going to yeah. watch out for that. Yeah, I just I, I kept picking things that just ended up getting us too quickly through the adventure, so we didn't have yeah. I didn't have time to find anything. Yeah, you possibly skipped over parts. Yeah, so many parts. What else? ESP was good. Well, I think we would have wanted it at some point to yeah. foretell what was about to happen. Mm. Take one to see what happens. Cunning is pretty good. Okay. Uh, not many of them have survival anyway. Scientists have survival. That's very up your street, isn't it? Yeah, scientist sounds good. I'm a scientist too. But I don't like cybernetic neutrality. I also yeah. like the look of the explorer, the first character type. Others might mourn the collapse of civilization, but for you, it only opens up new areas of mystery in the world. Yeah, sounds good. Nice. Sounds good. So, I will enter my skills. Just choose four. One, two, three, two. Yeah, you always get four skills. No items in the beginning. Ten life points, thirty scads. Scads is the currency. Alright. Then you can choose where to continue. So wait, it's just to clarify. So you get your close combat, your law, your streetwise and survival, and then you pick a number four, is that right? What? I, I don't think so. Are you are you maybe talking about the section that describes how to build your own character. Is that what that is? Okay. I wasn't sure if we just filled it in. So the, it says adventure sheet next to the choose one of your these characters. Mm -hmm. I might put in the book. I don't know if it's on that. And it says skills choose four. Okay. But uh, you already have yeah, you choose yeah. the next. Each of the preset characters has exactly at the bottom, sorry, it says alternatively design your own character, taking any four skills. Okay, sorry. Okay, ignore me. That's referring to. That's fine. That's fine. It would be hilarious if actually, yeah, we actually had to take another bunch of skills and we hadn't, but that's fine. I was trying to like make it too easy for us, obviously. Yeah, it's pretty hard. It was. It was cool. I like it. Okay, I'm going to start um, halfway through the prologue, just so we recap this okay. uh, screen scenario, because I can't remember exactly what happens. So, it says, night falls. The drunken roistering turns to low murmurs and snores. You huddle on your own bedding and listen to the moaning of the wind outside the fuselage. Tomorrow, you have to set out again into the cold. It is not a pleasant prospect. From the adjacent room, you can hear the screen crackling with incessant babble. There is part of a game show, probably taped before your great-grandfather was born, followed by clips from the science fiction films of the 21st century. You are thirsty and you cannot sleep. Ignoring the mumbled complaints of the people stretched out around you, you get up and step over them moving through the room where the screen is. You sit down, 
maybe a half hour of random videos will cure your insomnia. Then the screen changes. It is a news report from the year 2095. The main item concerns the crash of an air cruiser in the Apennine Mountains. You sit forward in your seat, intrigued. Pictures take pictures taken from the air reveal the broken tangle of wreckage that was later repaired to form this inn. Suddenly, the picture changes. In another item today, says the announcer's voice, scientists study the meteor that fell in Egypt last month, say that it may be the oldest object in the universe. These pictures show the safety suites that are needed safety suits that are needed to approach the meteor, which em em emits radiation of a type never previously identified. The scene flickers to a date months later. A reporter is standing at a roadside, an armored truck blazing in the background. Terrorists of the sect known as the Volatine Watchers today sees the mysterious meteor as it was being transported to Cairo for further tests. The terrorists who worship the meteor, which they call the heart of Volant, have yet to issue a statement. The screen crackles again, becoming a rich color with the outline of the world's continents in red. The continents as they looked before the sea level fell and the polar caps crept down to cover them. A warm feminine voice speaks. The heart of Volant remained in the hands of the cultists for 20 years. They founded the city of Du'an in the Sahara and learned how to tap the heart's power, which they used to devastating effect in the Paradox War. Later, Du'an suffered civil war and became abandoned. I have now completed analysis of the scientific test carried out before the heart was seized by the cultists. These are my findings. If a sentient creature were to make direct physical contact with the heart, this would release the full energy stored within. The effect would be to activate the creature's total psychic potential. In effect, they would gain ultimate power over their surroundings. This has been a communication from Gaia. Thank you for your attention. The screen goes blank and silent for a moment, then starts to show a cartoon. You hardly notice it. You are too awestruck by the realization that you have just heard the voice of Gaia. What she said begins to sink in. Ultimate power. It lies somewhere in the ruined city of Duan, across the Saharan ice wastes. Suddenly wary, you look at the sleeping form stretched out around the room. Did anyone else hear Gaia's broadcast? You listen to the snores, the drone of slow, regular breathing. No one shows any sign of being awake. Plunged into thought, you return to your blanket and stretch out. But now sleep is even harder to come by. When you finally doze off just a few hours before dawn, your dreams are filled with images of, strange, of the strange meteor from space and the power that it contains. Will you go to Duan and seek the heart? Are you tempted by a power that could change the whole world? If so, turn to one. Yes, I'm an explorer. Here we go. You are the explorer. Awesome. Okay, uh, you are packed and ready to leave the inn at dawn. Cold grey light seeps in through the row of dusty portholes at the side of the common room. Making your way to the door, you find the innkeeper polishing the antique 
Formica desk. Formica, Formica, I don't know. Seeing you set your pack down beside the door, he comes over and kicks away one of the caskets, which had its metal caretex. Wow, I can't read. And kicks away one of the caretex, which had its metal body pressed down across the doors. That's not easy, is it? It's not. That's right, not. I used to do like audiobook stuff for a little while. Yeah, it's really tough doing a readout. Uh, you're lucky having those, you say, pushing the door open a crack to take a breath of fresh icy air. The innkeeper grunts as he watches the care tech reorient itself and glide away across the floor. They are mixed. They are a mixed blessing since they insist on trying to repair the inn to form it. It had originally. This door is a feature that I added myself, more convenient than the hatchway at the back of the fuselage. But if I leave it unattended for more than a few hours at a time, those wretched caretakers always try to weld it shut. You smile to show that you sympathize. I'd be grateful for some advice. I'm now traveling on to the Sahara. What is the best route? The innkeeper flings the door wide, ignoring the curses that erupt from his customers at the sudden intrusion of cold air. Gazing across the expanse of dazzling white snow, he says, the most obvious course would take you to Venice, where you could board the ferry Kaira. Kaira. And yet, if that's the new uh, way of pronouncing Cairo. Cairo, it looks yeah. like it could be at the same place. I, I, I did wonder, so when you were saying it, I thought you were saying Cairo. Hmm. Um, he rubs his hands, blowing out a long furl of steam in the chill air. Uh, myself, I'd be tempted to go in, instead through the Le Leonese jungle, just to save a bit of warmth in this frigid world. Thence across the Jib and Halter and the Atlas Mountains. Unless you stumble across the ruins of Lost Marseille, of course in which case you might even find a tube tunnel to take you straight to the Sahara. Thanking the innkeeper for his advice, you indicate that you are ready to pay your bill. He looks at you in surprise and points to a small dapper man in a grey trimmed white snowsuit. Your friend there has already paid. At this, the small man comes over and extends his hand, smiling broadly. Hello, my name is Kyle. We're pronouncing at Bosch. Bosch? Yeah. Bosch. Mm. I believe we're traveling in the same direction. If you accept Kyle Bosch as your companion on the road, turn to 23. If you tell him that you prefer to travel alone, turn to 45. I haven't even and told we... him which way I'm going, so he doesn't know which direction. But uh, true. I, I will, true. Just, to, just to mix things up uh, and expose uh, different parts of the book to the audience, I will for now do things the opposite from what you did. So okay. I will choose to take it with me. And in okay. a minute I will choose to go the Venice way rather than the jungle way. If you accept Kyle as your companion on the road, turn to 23. Here we go. It has begun. Let's see how we get on. Okay. See where I have a hyperlink, you need to find the page. <laughs> yeah. Um, I overheard you say you were bound for the Sahara Ice Waste, says Bosch. My own journey takes me in that direction. As you set off together through the deep drifts of snow, 
Boche takes your arm and points to a row of black wooden posts. That is the road to Venice. We can catch the ferry from there to Cahaira. If you agree to go east to Venice, turn to 200. If you'd rather go west through the Leonese jungle, as the innkeeper recommended, turn to 177. All right, let's go to Venice. Page 200, well, option 200. And here we go. Oh, here we go. Record the code word diamond on your adventure sheet. Okay. Recognize that. Okay, your journey takes you up into the mountains where the days are dull under a leaden sky and the nights are filled with swirling snow. You subsist on a few rations brought with you from the inn, but these are quickly used up, too quickly. You must reach an inhabited area soon or out to die. Forcing your way bent back against the glacial wind, you are traversing a narrow pass when you catch sight of a human figure on a ledge up ahead. Your cries of greeting are ignored and the figure is hidden for a moment behind a veil of snow. Hurrying forward, you discover several other figures, but none are glad to see you. They are beyond any emotion, in fact, being long dead and frozen into rigid statues by the cold. If you go closer to investigate, turn to 264. If you ignore the frozen corpses and continue on the path, turn to 285. That's a mess. Oh, so many numbers in this. Yeah, it goes up to 450 or so. Yeah. Okay. Bosch scrambles up to the ledge and goes through the pockets of one of the corpses. I don't like robbing the dead, but there might be some food, he mutters. If you have roguery, turn to 328. If not, but you have paradoxing and a psionic focus, turn to 370. If you have neither, turn to 306. Okay, so we don't have roguery, we don't have paradoxing. Okay, turn to 306. That would be a higher number. I don't know why I went back there. My brain. Okay, 306. Both shudders as he looks along the row of dead white faces. There are at least 10 corpses here in the past. Some of the ledge and others perched. Sorry, some on this ledge and others perched further along among the rocks. They must have climbed up onto the ledge to get away from the wolves, says Bosch. He's wrong. There are no wolves up here in the mountains, and these people were not cowering from predators when they died. In every case, they are frozen in postures that suggest curiosity, poised, peering out from the ledge, lines of amazement stamped on their faces, icicles across their wide eyes. Death did not surround them with slavering jaws, but stole up softly like a thief in the night. The sky is fading from grey to black. 
If you press on now, you will have to spend the night in open country, unprotected from the bitter wind. If you choose to do that, turn to 285. If you shelter here in the pass, turn to 349. Yeah, they both sound dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you're hungry. You can always like strike up a fire and start defrosting the humans. <laughs> I will shelter here. Okay, three, four, nine. I'm keeping my fingers in various points in the book, just in case we do get lost and have to go back or something for some reason. Yeah, I, I'm open to cheating a bit and just yeah. undoing the, the last fatal decision. Yeah, uh, cool. Uh, we're on the same page. Well, um, okay, finding another ledge where there are no corpses, you sweep it clear of snow and settle down for the night. Bosch casts a weary glaze along the rock face. A bit like sleeping in a graveyard, he remarks. You can only shrug. Try not to think about it. At least here we're out of the wind and safe from predators. Are we, you wonder? As the feeble, I do, yeah, and I, as I turn the page and find out, as the feeble daylight gives way to night, snow comes in fast flurries on the wind coursing through the pass. The sound is like a banshee's wailing. Huddled in your jacket, you try to get to sleep. Then you hear the unmistakable tread of footsteps in the snow. Someone is coming. If you have ESP, and so I focus, turn to 392. If you have law, turn to 413. If neither, you can leap out and attack. Turn to 433. Three. Or wait here. Wait, wait. Or wait where you are. Okay. Wait. Uh, since we have law, let's use that. Okay. So that's 413. There we go. Uh, peering along the pass, you catch sight of a hunched, shambling figure in the snow-clouded darkness. It is thin, with a large hooded head. It is still too far away for you to get a clear view of its face, but something about it stirs atavistic fears at the back of your mind. You glance suddenly at the rigid corpses on the other ledge. All were entranced, turned to hypnotized statues before they froze to death. By Gaia, you seize Bosch's arm. We're in the larder of the Gorgon. Turn to 433. Wow, Monday Gorgon. Uh, that is a problem. I'll just have to put too many pages. Okay. Uh, if you have shooting and a charged by seal gun, turn to 68. If you wish to use roguery, turn to 24. If you resort to cunning, turn to 46. If you have none of these skills, turn to 2. Uh oh. Let's turn to 2. Oh, okay. Cool. Turn to 2. I think all the way back to like, the start. I love how these numbers all work in pages. Okay. The figure emerges from the darkness like a ghost. It is wrapped in a rough cape of stitched furs, its shriveled frame sprouting 
a spindly neck which supports a large, soft head like a leather bag. Pushing back its hood, it reveals a hideous face dominated by a single glowing eye on a flexing, flexible stalk. Both scrambles to the side of the ledge and then freezes, mesmerized by the creature's eye. The stalk swivels, turning a lethal gaze towards you. If you have agility, turn to 112. Otherwise, it's too late to act. You're plunged into a hypnotic trance from which you will never recover. We don't have agility. Do we not? <laughs> no. no. Should we, we pretend to have it? Otherwise, it's too late to act. You are plunged into hypnotic trance from which you will never recover. Brutal. Um, where was the main? Where was the last like real choice that would set us <laughs> with different? Whether to shelter or move on. Yeah. Because after that, I had none of the things needed to survive. None of the characters have lore and agility. Okay. So how about I just trade one? Um, streetwise for agility. Okay. Um, yep. So this way we survive from uh, paragraph two. Okay, let's go to paragraph two. Okay, so, so basically what happens is a mysterious long-lost cousin of the person that we just previously played runs through the same choices and has different skills and then gets to the same point, finding Borsh's cloned twin or cloned same person, because we still have Bosch, and then carries on from here. Uh, so we want to go to 112 then, because yeah. we have a deal, correct? Yep. 112. I love adventure books, they're so chaotic. Beautiful. Okay. With only a split second left before the creature's gaze paralyzes you, you act on raw instinct. Leaping high into the air, you somersault over its head, twisting so as to land directly behind it. The eye stalk sweeps frantically, trying to see where you went. But before the creature can bring its ghastly scrutiny to bear, you give it a hard blow across the back of the head. As it falls senseless in the snow, Bosch recovers from the hypnotic trance. Even so, it is several seconds before he has recovered his wits enough to speak. Turn to 90. Is it dead? says Bosch. You snap an icicle from the from under the ledge and drive it deep into the grotesque pulpy head. The creature gives a single spasm and lies still. It is now. So action hero. Uh, you roll the body over to inspect it and are almost overcome by a wave of nausea. It is the most loathsome thing you have ever seen. Thin, malformed body with a bloated, mauve pink head. You... Uh, the only facial feature is a long, thin stalk ending in the cyclopean eye, now thankfully dimmed by the gaze of death. The scalp is covered with tiny orifices like gaping eyelids. Are they breathing holes, sensory organs? There is no way to tell. Both joins you beside the body. It's a mutant, you nod. That's for sure. 
but a mutant what? If you follow the creature's track back, tracks back to its lair before the snow covers them, turn to 134. If you wait where you are until dawn, turn to 310. Hmm. So far, I've been doing the more dangerous way. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I, I feel like if, if I don't inspect the lair, all of this would have been for nothing, and I might have just as well not have um, sheltered there. So I think it's worth uh, finding out where the creature came from. Okay. So uh, follow the creature's tracks back to its lair before the snow covers them. One, three, four. Is that right? Yes. So we want. Cool. One, three. Okay. The creature's lair proves to be a cave at the end of the pass. Inside, you find a fire of smoldering peat. Around it are strewn bones from humans and large animals. It seems that the creature trapped its prey by hypnosis, leaving the victim to die of exposure. Whenever it needed fresh meat, it had only to fetch in one of the frozen bodies along the pass a gruesome, effective procedure. The aftermath of the Paradox War has left the world with many such weird mutations. Bush gives you an involuntary cry of disgust, which he immediately disguises with a nervous laugh. He has discovered a clutch of the creature's young. Blobby heads like diseased potatoes, bodies as shriveled as a bag of giblets, the mesmeric eye no more than a yellow pebble on the end of the embryotic tuber-like stalks. Cute little devils. If you want to kill them, turn to 156. If not, turn to 178. Um, what good would it do to kill me? Are they uh, you, I, I mean, the offspring of the creature you just killed, I mean, who knows? They could turn out to have beautiful personalities and save the universe. Or they could turn out to be monstrosities too and kill more people. We right, just but, but what does it do for me? <laughs> I will uh, not kill them. You could eat them. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I have this obsession of eating random things. But you're in a wasteland, you know, you need food. Um, so, yeah, so you're going to not kill them. Yes, it's very good. Oh, so much um, okay, if not, turn to 178. Okay. Uh, strewn amid the mortal remains of the Gorgon's victims, you discover a number of items, which I'm assuming we add to a list. An ID card, a battery unit for a barrel gun, good for six charges, a working flashlight, and a set of polarized goggles. Bosch holds up the goggles and jokes, I don't suppose our one-eyed chum had much use for these, eh? He insists on an equal division of the spoils, but gives you first choice. Add two of the items to your list of possessions. Oh. You spin. Oh, interesting. Be, I was hoping to get all of them. But... Yeah, I thought you'd get all of them as well. Uh, so I don't have the gun yet. No. I might later. 
I think the goggles could be useful. Yeah, I remember I that. I have no idea what the ID card might be for. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, again, anything could be helpful at any given point. So it's up to you what you think is going to be best. I'll take the ID card. It's just a surprise item for me. Like, nice. it must be really good. It might. All right, next. So you, so you, wait, you get two. Mm -hmm. So what did you take, sorry? Polarized goggles and ID card. Okay, so you could take polarized Okay, cool. Um, you spend a reasonably comfortable night in the cave and head on your way in the morning. Turn to 199. Okay. Dusk is falling on the 10th day after leaving the... Etruscan Inn. When you finally come in sight of Venice, it shimmers with a thousand lights under a sky like dull green bronze. Hungry and cold, you quicken your pace until you can make out individual buildings. First, the temporary shacks where hunters and traders dwell, then the slums of corrugated iron and plastic which fill the narrow streets that some say were once canals. Above them loom the blocks of ancient plazas where the rich and powerful of the city reside in palatial buildings, yeah. uh, shored up with, the, with wooden scaffolding to support them from the ravages of time. You soon learn that the ferry to Kyra is not due for a couple of days. Kyle tells you that he has friends he must visit and arranges to meet you, meet up with you when the ferry arrives. While waiting, you have a choice of where to take lodging. The lavish Marco Polo Hotel will charge 12 scads for two nights. The Hotel Paradise will charge six scads. The disreputable Doge's Inn will cost only three scads. Decide where you are staying and deduct the money. Um, read the options. It's interesting what the first one says. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I, I was going to hold on to that read, further reading until you made a choice. But yeah, decide where you are staying and deduct money. If you choose the Marco Polo and have an ID card, turn to 222. If you choose the Marco Polo but do not have, possess an ID card, turn to 286. If you opt for the paradise, turn two four four. If you check in at Doge's Inn, turn to three seven one. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to read on because I just assumed it was make the choice and then read. But yeah, as you said, reading so, on lets you know that. If yeah, I think twelve scans could turn out to be a lot. We have thirty, but I'm should... intrigued now what the ID card will do for me. So I'm doing that. I will pay twelve scans and go to. The Marco Polo. Nice. Okay. You notice a man at the at reception. You notice a man at reception using a gold card similar to the one you found. After glancing at it, the clerk puts on an 
ingratiating smile and escorts the man through to the VIP lounge. You make discreet inquiries of a bellboy who tells you that the cardholder is a member of the Society of the Compass. They're the top people, always get the best of everything. It's a sort of traveller's club then. More than a club, one gentleman who stayed here told me that he displayed his compass ID to a mugger who threatened him in the street. The mugger was so frightened of the Compass Society's reputation Attribution. that he ran off empty-handed. A useful item. You examine your own ID card in the privacy of your room. Unfortunately, the hologram photo looks nothing like you. Perhaps you can see about getting it altered somehow. Turn to 286. Okay. In the hotel bar, you strike up conversation with a tall, slant-eyed woman called Thendra Bay. Her accent tells you she is a native of Balat, a huge space colony in Earth-Moon orbit. I hear that conditions on Olat are vastly better than on Earth. You remark over a glass of Sinbash. But perhaps you are down on business. She sips at her drink. What I seek is only available here. On all that, the science of genetic engineering cannot be practiced for fear of infecting the colony with a deadly plague. Consequently, the only improvements that can be made to the human body are by mechanical means. Your own body appears not to need any improvement, you put in politely. Such a flirt. She continues as though you had not spoken. A friend of mine had an implant along her optic nerve so that she could tell the time merely by blinking. The device became stuck permanently on so that she could not sleep because of seeing lighted numerals in front of her eyes. Worse, it was three minutes fast. She finishes her drink, waving away the waiter who tries to refill it. Here on Earth, the body can be enhanced more efficiently using genetic retroviruses. Specifically, I speak, seek a man called Malogen who is said to trade in such things. If you have Streetwise or Evade Malcolm and want to help her, turn to 307. If not, turn to 329. Uh, Do we have street? We did have it, but I sacrificed it to revive myself. So let's let's go on without it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, if not, turn to three, two, nine. <laughs> okay. With a day or two to wait until the ferry to. Kyra arrives. You have time to make preparations for the adventure ahead. You take a stroll along the, oh my goodness, words, the Esplanade. Esplanade. Overlooking the gambling rooms of the notorious Hazard Strip. Below you, in the deep alley that was once the grandest of the canals, 
glaring neon lights and raucous music intrude on the wistful grandeur of Venice by night. You consider your options. If you want to spend your time trying to communicate with Gaia, turn to 351. If you want to discover more about the heart of Velant, turn to 91. If you inquire after travelers who have gone missing on their way to Venice recently, turn to 451. If you go looking for gossip about Kyle Bosch, turn to 179. If you try to find some special purchases at for the trip, turn to 350. Well, a lot of options there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this seems like something we'll come back to. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I want to gain get some knowledge. So let's inquire after travelers who have gone missing on their way to Venice. 451. Okay, 451. Okay. Okay, four, five, one. In a tavern, you overhear a drunk loudly telling the barman that he will pay his outstanding bill as soon as his boss gets to town. Joining the conversation, you learn that the man has been waiting for several weeks for the arrival of his prospective employer, a wealthy member of the Compass Society. He's a very influential, ma influential man, much of the drunk, glaring at the barman. I'll do all right once I'm working for him. What could have happened to delay him, you wonder? The, marman, the barman chips in. If he came across the Apennines, Apennines? Apennines, can't read, can I? He may have been delayed permanently. There are dangerous mutants up there in the hills. Pah, the drunk scoffs at this. He's got three Fijian bodyguards, really big guys. The mutants won't be going hungry this winter then, remarks the barman sardonically. If you have law or streetwise or a vede mecum, 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 turn to 47. Otherwise, turn to 69 if you possess an ID card or 414 if you do not. Oh, I would have liked to use the ID card, but... We have lore, so we need to pick the first option. Yeah, okay. Um, if you have lore, so 47. No, we already read this. Anyway, it's just, the Compass Society is an international organization whose membership consists entirely of the rich, powerful, and privileged. Possession of one of the coveted gold membership card, cards marks a person out as someone to be respected. With full access to the society's wealth and lavish resources, although the society is not represented here in Venice, you know that it has premises in Darlabad, Benzant, and Kaira. It's on the map, though tell you the places that it actually the society's represented. If you possess an ID card, turn to 69. If not, turn to 414. Okay. So 69. Yes. Do you want to keep track of where the society is actually represented in case you want to go there? I made a screenshot. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Way ahead of me. I like it. 
Okay, the drawback to using the card is the holographic picture on the front, which looks nothing like if you have roguery, turn to four or five two. Without roguery, you must either try to get the picture altered or else give up on it for now. If you want to get the ID card altered, turn to 113. If you have streetwise, if you have streetwise, or turn to... Oh, wait, how about it? I think we need streetwise to get the ID card altered. If you have streetwise, yeah, okay. No, but 135 is if you want to get the ID card altered but do not have streetwise. Okay. That tells me that I will probably make some stupid mistake while trying to get the ID card altered. Get abducted by some society or something for fraud. Who knows? Do we have roguery? I guess not. No, and neither is Ah, I don't want to just skip this section now. I, I'm going to risk it and get the ID card altered without streetwise. One three five. Okay, one three five. Okay. You show the card to various forgers around town. One tells you that the process involved in altering a hologram is very expensive, since lasers and other rare devices are needed. You are about to leave his shop when he sidles over and glances furtively along the street. Dusk squats over the city, pouring dank, slushy snow from a colourless sky. He lowers the blinds. I can't alter the picture, he says, but what about your own face? Cosmetic surgery? He shows you to a room at the back. I do it all the time for clients who want to escape their past misdeeds. A whiff of gas and you sleep. When you wake up, you'll have a new face. How much? After some haggling, he settles on the sum of five scads. He reaches out his hand, but you seeming, but you smilingly shake your head, telling him you will pay once the operation is over. He prepares his instruments, then invites you to breathe the anesthetic gas. If you reconsider and leave now, turn to 223. If you go ahead with the operation, turn to 201. What was the purpose of doing this again? I'm not sure if it's... So right. you're going to get your face changed to look like the picture on yeah. the ID card. Because I want access... The ID card gives access to societies, all their stuff. Uh, I, I think. That's what it implies. Yeah, that does sound like a good deal. Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> who, who needs your old face? Yeah, it's about time we got a new one. Um, I don't okay. know what if the negative with... consequence might be. Ah. He, he... There could be anything. There could be anything. They could no. abduct you. No, go back. Go back. <laughs> Wait. If you go ahead, the operation tends to one. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. Let Let's not do it. <laughs> the bad things happen. Have you already read it? Have you? Yeah. Okay. Can I just read it? We'll go back. Can yes. I read it out? Yes. Remember the last one. Yeah. If you have ESP and a sudden focus, a sudden sense of danger warns you not to proceed and you slip out of the shop to, you know, 
without ESP, you blithely submit to the aesthetic and your consciousness slides away, never to return. You should have been more wary than to put yourself at the mercy of such street scum. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I was a bit worried about the guys. but uh... I did kind of wonder what happened, yeah. Okay. Okay. Two, two, three then. Yes. If you reconsider the, and leave now, turn to two, two, three. Okay. And this is you just hurry... for saving time, you know, rather than going to the beginning and making all the same oh, yeah. courses except for this one. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay. I think it's also in the interest of our audience to, to do it this way. Yeah, because to be fair, we could end up spending like 20 episodes just doing the right. same, like running through the same thing again and again and again. This this is fine. This is this works. Uh, uh, you hurry along to the end of the street where an old man stops you and asks, is Sarko the Poisoner still open for business? How should I know, you reply. I am not acquainted with the man you mention. He returns a look that suggests you are either deranged or a liar. I just now saw you leave his shop, he declares. You rub your jaw, jaw. you rub your jaw ruefully. Sarko the poisoner indeed. It seems you have an, had a narrow escape. If you persist in trying to get the Aikido against my word tonight, today. If you persist in trying to get the ID card altered, turn to 245. If you want to see the other matters, see two other matters before the ferry to Kahira arrives, turn to 414. Yeah, let's try again. 245. Okay. We eventually find a map. Hey, did we pay? No. No, we no. Okay. We, we, we ran away. Um, and in some alternate universe, we died. But that didn't happen this time around, honest. Uh, you eventually find a man who can do what you want. A fat, sweaty fellow with a profusion of ancient tools and devices strewn around his shop. Guiding his laser by hand, he makes a few deft changes to the image on the card until it could pass for your own likeness. Five scouts, he says, holding it out for you. Five, you scowl. Membership of the prestigious Compass Society is usually much more expensive than that, he says with a shrug. You consider snatching the card back, but the fat man cannily anticipates you and holds it close to the laser beam until you pay. If you agree to his terms, cross off five scouts and acquire the code word Proteus. If you refuse to pay, he destroys the ID card and you must delete it from your list of possessions. Yeah, I like the deal. Cool, so you pay five. Yeah. Take down the word Proteus. And we turn to 25. Dawn hides behind a blanket of dark snow-laden cloud. Huddled in warm furs, a group of travellers make their way to the quayside to await the ferry. As you approach the ticket kiosk, you see an old man propped like a limp sack on a bench facing out to sea. He is crippled, having no legs, and his face has the look of a clay effigy that has crumpled in on itself through sheer age. A puff of white hair halos his liver-spotted pate. Poor old devil, you think, as you pass him. He looks up, 
Keen hawk eyes meet your own. I don't care for your pity, youngster, he snaps. I'm sorry, you say. I didn't mean... And then it hits you. You can read your mind. Of course I can read your mind. Have you never heard of Baron... Oh my goodness. Sarisaris? I hate words, like names that I cannot pronounce. You never heard of Baron Cirrusis. Before you can reply, he hauls himself to the edge of the bench. It seems to you that he is about to fall to the ground as you take half a step forward, but he glares at you and says, I don't need your help either. To your amazement, he rises into the air until he is hovering in front of you, his gaze level with yours. For a moment, your eyes lock. You hear his words of warning, not spoken, but burning their way into your mind. Don't go to Duan if you want to live. Abruptly, he turns and drifts away. The woman standing behind you in the queue glances after him and says, that's Baron Cyrus. Oh, Cyriasis. Oh, Cyriasis. Yeah. Wow. Uh, one of the lords of Benzant. He's said to be the most powerful psionic alive. You have never before seen a man with enough psychokinetic power to levitate his own body. Indeed, who can doubt it? You reply. If you have the code word diamond, turn to 224. If not, turn to 202. We have it. I think, have it. I think yeah. we got it for uh, taking our boat with us. Yeah. Not, not sure. Yeah. Okay. As the queue moves along, Kyle Bosch hurries to join you. Stamping his feet to fend off the morning chill, he tells you that he was delayed by some last minute purchases in town. You notice a new barrel saw gun at his belt. We're on our way now, he says excitedly, grinning as he stares out into the mist over the sea. The adventure's begun. A problem arises when you reach the ticket office. The cost of passage to Kyra is 10 scads each. Bosch peers woefully at his remaining funds and then turns to you with a shrug. You'll have to pay for me, I'm afraid. Still, we're partners. I'm sure you'll agree I've never stinted from doing my bit up until now. If you agree to pay for both yourself and Bosch, reduce your money by 20 scads and turn to 246. If you are prepared to pay for yourself but not for him, cross off 10 scads and turn to 267. If you do not have enough money either to buy, even to buy your own ticket, turn to 288. Hmm. This sounds like I no longer get the opportunity to do all those other things like talking yeah. to other people and going to the market. I was hoping to do that before we leave. And it also feels like you should have had an opportunity to not go at all because isn't that what the dude said? Well, that's like not doing the whole adventure, I think. Where was he said not to go to? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going there either way. <laughs> go to do on. Okay. But if I don't buy any tickets, then I might have a chance to go back to the town and sell stuff to have enough money to buy tickets. But then you miss the boat, don't you? Is this, wait, is this boat to do one or to Cairo? 
Oh, the Lost City of Doom is where we're trying to find the heart. Sorry, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the end, I think. First, we're crossing Sorry. the inland sea yeah, to okay. get to Cairo. Um, Sorry. Okay. I got lost. Yeah, okay, I'll just buy one ticket from you and see what happens. Okay. Um, if you are prepared to pay for yourself, we're not thinking we'll cross off 10 scales and turn to 267. Okay. Both frown, frowns in indignation and amazement. I cannot understand your attitude. I've worked very hard getting you this far, and now you propose to abandon me. You thank the official for your ticket and then turn to both, saying, in the area of wilderness survival, you turn out to be. Let me start that again. In the area of wilderness survival, you turned out to be long on opinion, but short on expertise. Even so, I tolerated your company because you gave me to understand that your contacts would be useful once we reach civilization. However, I have not seen anything of you for two days, for the two days we've spent in Venice. Venice. Why do you pronounce this wrong the whole time? I guess it's just a way of pronouncing it. Now you show up like a bad penny, having squandered your money on fancy gear, such as this that new barrel gun, and you have the audacity to expect me to pay for your passage. Bosch, you are an idiot. Though taken aback, he is not at a loss for words. I expected a little more support from you. Have you forgotten that I started out with a gesture of companion com Comradeship, comradeship, by paying your bill at the Etruscan Inn before I knew a thing about you. That, more than anything else, should have warned me of associating with you. It's the typical con man's opening gambit. You give a broad sigh. Farewell, Bosch. You walk off towards the seafront before he can say anything else. Delete the code word diamond from your adventure sheet and then turn to 246. Okay. Uh, two, four, six, seven. Goodbye, Bosch. We loved you. Maybe we didn't. But... Okay. We probably just made an arch nemesis now. It's great. After 15 minutes, a pale green light flashes through the murk, of, uh, murk out to sea. The assembled travelers start to rise and gather their belongings as the ferry comes sweeping in towards the dock. A massive homocraft of three three tiered decks surmounted by a high coning tower. The ferry glides up the frosty foreshore and settles on its metal skirts. Workers immediately rush out with planks to assemble a boardwalk, and you go aboard with the others. There is a delay while supplies are loaded. You find a couch on the middle deck and gaze out to sea. A polarizing tint in the glass adds to the gloominess of the scene, with tall iron black clouds piled high above a sea of grey swell and ice flows. Eventually the craft raises itself and you are underway. Stewards come round and lunch is served at long curved tables in the central lounge. You chew at a stodgy gruel formulated from sea algae, washed down with spiced tea. You take a promenade you take a promenade of the outside deck. 
but chill but the chill of the afternoon soon drives you back inside. Some of the other passengers have started card games. As the daylight fades, a gap in the luring clouds reveals a handful of diamond bright stars. The bar is opened and the atmosphere aboard gradually acquires a current of bohemian bon, bon bohemian. Nope. I don't know, it's French. But you remain aloof and troubled. Most of these people have no further destination in mind than Cairo. No ambition beyond a small profit and a vision of petty adventure. But your own goal is direly remote. The lost ruins of Duan in the far hinterland of the Saharan ice waste. It seems impossible to believe, but there in Du'an you will either grasp the ultimate power or perish. Turn to page 10. I think that's a nice spot for a cliffhanger. Maybe uh, Kyra will give us the opportunity to get more useful stuff. Yeah. But we're down to three scouts, so maybe not from buying, but from dealing or finding... Yeah. Okay, I've got page 10. Ooh, that was good. Yeah, I would have liked to take Kyle. Uh, he may have been useful after all, but I just didn't have the money for it. Yeah, it's a shame. But he may have been troubled as well. He may have just um, abandoned us at a critical yeah. point. Yeah. He does not have a gun, though. Yeah. We should have stopped his gun. We knocked him out. He's still in his gun. <laughs> Have you won too many choices? But no, good going. Um, well, we died twice. <laughs> yeah, should I put up the death counter? <laughs> that was, that's probably not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, put the okay. death counter. I'll do that next time. <laughs> see how many times. Just to stay honest. Yeah. Maybe that's the game. Maybe that's the game is that see so you can get through it the least amount of deaths. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what life points are for, but sure, we can make our own death points as well. Yeah. But now I'm happy to continue with you going and I'll, I'll read again next time. Good. Well, thanks everyone, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.